Welcome to the Marty Reasoner episode of 97 Octane Hockey, joined by my good pal, Mr. Bob Schmidt, and my middle son, Mr. Noah. We all were in attendance today for the Oilers' uh, scrimmage and, um, you know, the fan day, and uh, looking forward to tomorrow's preseason opener against the Jets. Um what did you see in that uh, scrimmage that impressed you today, Mr. Bobby? Well, first off, I am always impressed at the fan turnout for uh, for like just a just a little shinny a scrimmage kind of thing. Um, like we're definitely in a, in a hockey mad uh, you know atmosphere here, and uh, they, these people showing up and they're cheering for shinny goals, scrimmage goals, and stuff like that. There's... Somebody who's playing in the AHL, you can tell. Yeah, they, they want it bad. Yeah, they love it, and they feed off that. So I think it's I think it's a good introduction for the players too to kind of, especially like you were saying, the guys in the AHL and from the minors and stuff who who uh, aren't maybe used to this kind of atmosphere yet, and they kind of get that feeling in the rank like, oh, there's a bit of a buzz because we got that order training camp on. But overall, it was a competitive game for the most part. Uh, what uh, was it? A one goal game, I think, in the end, right? Yeah, yeah. two to one. Two to one. So it was entertaining, good, and it's, I like going. Of course, I like to see Connor. I like to see Lee. I like, I like to see the big names, but I like seeing these guys that we don't know much about yet. They're That's coming, who I like to see coming like, up in the pipeline yeah. and see, see and how, how comparable they are. You know how they how they look to uh, you know, see Borgol go up, go up against Kulak. You know how's that work? Right? That kind of thing. I like that yeah. dynamic. It was a good time. Uh, Raphael Lavoie, a um, couple of flashes from that kid. Uh, there's a, a little bit of heat on some of his shots. I I was. You know, interested in watching him go. You know, what's funny is I was sitting beside uh, Lotzi, like Ryan Lotzberg, um, and we were right at center ice. And uh, Team White, you know, was just kind of going through their sort of horseshoe stuff before the game even started. And people are judging, you know, the shots <laughs> there and thinking, is that is that going to help them make the team and and, and that kind of stuff. So I, I kind of got a kick out of that. And and to my right was all the. Edmonton media guys like, you know, Stoffer and Jason Greger and, and Rashog and, and Louis DeBrusque and Jack Michaels and, and Gene and, and the whole crew. Uh, Reed Wilkins wasn't that far away from me. I should have said hi, but they kind of had this funny little police yellow tape <laughs> kind of sectioning off their, their section. But, uh, you know, Connor, I, I mean, I, I don't think I'll ever get tired of watching that guy skate. And, and I know this is just preseason and, and whatever, but... Uh, there was a there was a time where he he kind of wound it up and he regrouped and went back and it looked like you were watching the whole thing where he went through the whole New York Rangers team all over again like it was the exact same feeling I'm like holy shit I'm not going to sleep for a week after seeing this <laughs> and it's and it's preseason and then you know watching watching Nurse today um, I think he's worked on a little bit of his skating even more this summer because I was noticing when he was behind the net these quick little short strides and, and and quick feet and and really focusing on getting getting two pucks and and getting them out like like mm-hmm. fast and now and and being able to head up ice and i thought he had a 98% flawless game yeah. just one pass was a little bit behind i think fogel in his feet a little bit other than that the guy was lights out today and i, I know it's preseason but he showed really really well today um I had to laugh, you know, at the at the opening, and I guess I, I need to show the the picture of it because uh, um, opening face off. Oh, there's there's McDavid and and Dry here, and I'm thinking, are these two going to square off? And and so this face off goes, and and Connor Connor schools Leon on it, and I don't, 
I still don't know if Leon let him win the draw on purpose or, or what was going on there, but uh, Connor really took him to school. So at the start of the second period, they, they faced off again and they were jawing back and forth. I don't know what was said, but there, there was a little bit of chirping going back and forth. So I think I, they were having a good time. Yeah. I, I thought that was pretty funny. It's probably the most relaxed practice they probably had. They just got, they just got, we're able to go out there and just play. Right. And just kind of feed off the crowd, enjoy the momentum, you know, some of the younger guys are definitely still trying to make an impression. Some of the bubble guys are trying to make an impression too. But uh, I think this, this was just a fun day for them, a fun penny yeah. for them. Yeah, I think they like to be in front of the crowd again and, and kind of, you know, get that part out of the way. And, and I noticed, like, you know, that goal that happened, um, Connor Brown gets the puck and, and makes a nifty pass, not to McDavid, but to a spot so McDavid could get around the kind of the, his man that was close by and he let him. And, and so McDavid's away and then Kane cut back door and, and Connor made a beautiful pass and back door tap in pretty goal. I know it's preseason, but that, that was a, that was a, that was a pretty goal. And so that line already, you know, has, has some chemistry early on in the game. It was, it was Connor and Leon head to head. Um, that sort of changed as the game went on, but the one thing that didn't change is Nurse and Bouchard were out against Dreisaitl and his line like, <laughs> all day, and you know kept them kept them to a donut. So um, I guess that's promising. I, I thought uh, Skinner Skinner looked good. I mean, I don't think there's anything he could do on on Kane's goal, and um, Jack Campbell made a you know almost like Devon White kind of catch in center field. <laughs> On, on a wrister that was going, uh, you know, middle of the net. He just kind of scooped it out of the air and, and caught it like it was nothing. Jack looked comfortable. I know CC beat him on, on one, but uh, he, he looked very comfortable. In the I'll net. be honest, I thought all four goalies showed well, like uh, Rodrigue and uh, Pickard. Uh, Pickard had the save of the, of the night, I thought, too. But uh, uh, all four of them played yeah, well. Yeah, and that was on Kane again, too. I mean, Kane had some wheels going. Um, yeah. No, it was it was enjoyable. Uh, you know, you don't want to read too much into kind of no, a preseason a scrimmage, pre but uh, what do you think, Noah? Holloway was on his feet. He he quite impressed me. He didn't materialize anything out of it, but he was he had some pep in his step. He yeah. was. I'm hoping he can crack the lineup and be you know effective, a, a, yeah. a bottom role player, a bottom six, and make a make a role for himself on the team. I see him fitting well into into our third line, and he and he should get more ice time this year, I think, too. Once he shows himself, kind of thing. But I agree with you. I thought I thought he looked uh, he had a bit more zip. He looked more confident, mm-hmm. and uh, it's also like it's not his first camp. Like he kind of knows what it takes to to uh, to produce here and to uh, to show what it takes to show at camp. And he looked a lot more comfortable. In it. But how, one of the things that stood out for me was. Uh, I did not realize how fast Connor Brown actually is. No. I did not think he had that kind of foot speed. I wasn't expecting much out of him, and the more I heard about him and the more it seemed like a better signing as time went on, especially seeing him play with McDavid. It's like, yeah, this this is going to be sweet for us. Well, I knew he could score. I knew he had some good hockey sense. I mean, I mean, I've seen him play obviously before, but I, I was unaware of, of the uh, of the foot speed that he had. Like he, he kept up with the play. And like you mentioned there, Dursa, how he led led some passes and that sort of thing. Like he, yeah, his his uh, thinking, his hockey IQ, and his speed for the game fit well with uh, what they were doing there today. His his playmaking ability uh, took me by surprise. Like there there's a there's a good player there, and he him and Connor and and Kane, you know, once again, you don't want to read too much into yeah. it, but 
you are watching him play against, you know, Nuge and, and Dreisaitl and Hyman. I mean, that's for a, a large part of the day, and, and that's that's a pretty good line, as good as any line probably in the NHL. And, uh, you know, they rose above that. They 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 look like the top line. So, um, yeah, I, I, I think there's going to be, you know, him staying healthy. Um, it's going to be a promising year from from those that trio. I, I I liked what I saw. Well, and that's going to be a big thing for us health wise too, right? Yep. We, we need guys like uh, uh, Kane. Obviously, we need him to stay healthy. But I guess uh, you know CC was kind of struggling with the injuries uh, throughout most of the year too. And you know we we shit on CC pretty good for the most part. I've always I always liked him, but he definitely took a step backwards last year than he did when he first uh, showed up. And now you find out he was actually fighting injuries all all year for the most part. So yeah. Hopefully uh, we see the CC of two years ago, uh, you know, stays healthy and, and is effective there. Is he a top four D man? Uh, you know, probably not, but that's the role he's going to be on, a, on, a, on our team. Uh, just, you know, keep it simple and be effective. That's all we're asking from him, really, to be steady. And the leaps and bounds Bouchard's made since he started with the Edmonton Oilers organization, well, too. He's he's a way better, more mature. Um, I wouldn't say he's... He doesn't. He doesn't just do things. He kind of thinks them and makes more mature plays. Well, it's funny you bring him up, Noah, because I actually think there's going to be a big spotlight on Bouchard this year mm-hmm. for the full season. Yeah, like he showed what he could do uh, once we traded Barry and we give uh, Bouchard all this responsibility. Of course, Ekholm coming along and it was a huge compliment to Bouchard's game. But now we're going to have him for the full season playing that role, right? Being the Tyson Barry, or hopefully better than Tyson Barry, even uh, you know. Uh, in, in that spot on, on our on our top four, so there's going to be lots of uh, lots of eyes on him. So yeah. we'll, we'll see how he does with that kind of with that kind of pressure and that kind of responsibility. I thought today Bush was um, quiet, um, but in a good way. Like yeah. you, you didn't notice him with any glaring mistakes. No. You didn't notice the offensive flash, but I think that's to be expected. I you know nobody was walking in or. Or sitting at the blue line, teeing up clappers—that that just didn't happen, and, and you're not going to see that, in, you know, in, in a inner squad uh, scrimmage. Uh, you might see a little bit of that more tomorrow, but uh, that definitely wasn't going uh, to happen today. And and yeah, him and Nurse as as a pairing—I mean, going up against Dry Nuge and, and Hyman is not an easy task, and and they were lights out. Um, yeah. Another guy there for me actually is a guy who's not going to be uh, on the opening day roster is a uh, Boaki. Yes, I'm yeah. actually uh, I was impressed with him already in the, in the Young Stars tournament. Uh, I mean, there's there's still certain parts of the game where he's a bit rough around the edges, obviously. The, uh, but uh, just being a kid and basically his first year pro, where, um, but he he's got decent size. He knows yep. how to use it, but he, his intellect of when to jump up in the play uh, is what caught my attention he was up in the play quite a bit but not in a reckless random way he was reading the play jumping up when it needed to and then backtracking if the if the play fizzled out i was actually really impressed with Uh, the i don't want to hurt anybody's feelings but i think boa k actually showed himself better than philip broberg did today um broberg seemed to be fighting it a little bit and uh like i thought early early in that scrimmage broberg was fine but as it went on it started to get away from him a little bit who did he kill there along the boards there? It was a pretty good collision. It was a bit of an accident, but he schmucked somebody in the boards pretty good. Yeah. I couldn't yeah, I can't remember who it was. But there was, there was a couple of moments like that. I mean, uh, Hamblin and uh, Borgol had a pretty good collision, and they were on the same line. <laughs> yeah. A lot of oohs and ahs there. Um, 
was it Hamblin and Lavoie or something? Kind of a little bit of nastiness between the two of them too. Oh yeah, they did a little uh, little joss in there. Nothing, mm-hmm. nothing too hardcore, but yeah. yeah. But there's a, there's a little bit of competing going on. I didn't see much from Brandon Sutter. Um, I I noticed him earlier, uh, and I wonder if uh, I don't, again I don't want to read into anything, but I wonder if maybe you know he's getting a bit fatigued in this kind of right now because I definitely tailed off as the scrimmage went on. But yeah. I definitely noticed him early on. Yeah. He was making some good breakout passes along the, from from along the boards. He was competing for the puck pretty good early on. And I saw him dish a couple up the middle, even though he's a center man, but he was fighting along with, for the boards. He looked pretty good early on and then just kind of faded away. Fizzled out, yeah. That was Broberg's game, I thought, today too. Um, Kajula didn't show that much. I no. don't think he's going to be really in the mix. Um, no, I think I maybe noticed him twice. And uh, Yeah. But, you know, we'll see. He might be one of those uh, Bakersfield guys who might be able to help the, the boys down there. But again, like, and it's tough not to... Like we're all we're all excited, we're all caught up in the fact that we got to go see our boys skate, right? So <laughs> yeah. it's tough not to read into things, but, but we got to keep reminding myself it's it's one scrimmage that we've seen, and uh, you know we're not gonna make we're not gonna make the uh, the roster from this from the scrimmage that we saw <laughs> to read into too much. But it was an exciting time. I mean, it's just good to have to have the boys together. It's good to see them wear the uniform. It's good to see them, you know, passing the puck to each other and just you know everything kind of the rhythm, them all sticking up kind of thing. It's tough not to get excited. Yeah, no, it's you know always fun to be in the building and, yeah, and yeah. Uh, going through it, and you know you get a little bit of nervous energy knowing that. Well, I where I was sitting, I was like thirty feet from the whole Edmonton media crew. Um, great, great, great spot. I mean, center ice right above both benches, and and um, not that not that far up, far enough up that uh, you could see everything, but. Um, close enough that good pictures and, and good good videos of everybody and and uh, you know before it all went down we were on the community rink side and watched them go through a little bit of drills and then after the scrimmage there were uh, a bunch of the guys that are probably AHL bound or, or the last guys to maybe potentially make a get a spot were back on the community rink too so watch them do some drills um, some compete drills and and uh, basically keep away with every like 40 people all inside two blue lines skating in circles against each other. Uh, that was pretty cool. Yeah. It's a, uh, it's the time of the season. So it's, it's basically like Christmas for, for us hockey fans. Huh? Yeah. <laughs> the season about to start. And then, yeah. And now we get to see the boys uh, compete against uh, other colored jerseys now, like uh, for some exhibition games. So there'll, there'll be a lot of these uh, bubble guys be able to make an impression. Um I'm again, uh, again, like uh, Boak. He's not going to be an opening day roster, obviously. But I'm really interested to see how he how he matches up against other NHL players. Like he looked good during the Young Stars, but they're all kids. They're all his age group. They're all his. Uh, yeah. Uh, he, he you know, he looks like he's not that far away. Like you, like you mentioned, the the size is there. Um, I like his reads, and he's he's willing to jump in, jump up, and and try to get you know get get some offense generated and yet still not be a defensive liability. I, I think there's a player there. I just think it a little bit more seasoning and, and maybe a year, year and a half, two years away. And, and then we've got a pretty good player there. Like, uh, yeah, no, I liked what I saw. He, he looks like he could be a seventh defenseman right now. It's kind (laughs) of, well, that's what I'm, that's what I'm thinking. Like say someone like Rober goes down and you need to call somebody up. Mm -hmm. 
You call him up, give him a shot for a game or two. See well, what he's we gone. we really need Robert to find his game. Like, yeah. He's got all the talent in the world. I don't know what it is about that. We haven't seen the progression that we all want him to be at, sort of thing, right? Uh, yeah, I was expecting a bit more from him today too. Um, there, he had he had his moments. Uh, he definitely wasn't trying anything. He was trying to keep it simple, but he, he seemed to get caught flat flirt a couple times. Uh, but we like, yeah, we need him to find the Philip Robert that we're hoping him to be that we drafted. And well, we're hoping to. You, you know, he's got decent size. There, there is a frame there that can handle the NHL riggers. I think the the skating is there. You yeah, know, yeah. the the hands are there. The puck moving. Uh, I would just. There was a couple times where he he uh, he could have dropped down and, and looked for his own offense. He didn't. Um, so I, I don't know if I get hypercritical about a guy that is responsible. Um, I don't think that's the worst thing you could be, but I would just like to see a little bit more of an offensive flair um, from him. And there was one time where he was dilly-dallying with the puck and, and coughed it up, and it could have ended up in the back of the net if it was – you know, another NHL player there. I think he was out against a, somebody that's going to be down on the farm. If it was an NHLer, it was probably back in, in the back of the net. So just a little too calm, I guess you could say. Like he he couldn't make his mind up on what he wanted to do and ended up coughing the puck up. Luckily, it didn't didn't result in anything. But, you know, you're trying to build your confidence for when the real season starts. I don't think that's the right way to go about it. So, What about uh, Borgo? What do you think of him today? Yeah, I I think you know he's a little ways away. I, I uh, there's a shot there. There's some skating there. There's a, a cut to the net that uh, impresses me, but he doesn't like stand out head and shoulders above people. And for a guy like that, I think you know he's get, hopefully a top six uh, player in the league. Um, I think this is a tough place to play if you're going to be a top six guy. I think you're a little ways away from that. Well, and in fairness, like Holloway is supposed to be a top six guy, and there's no room under top six for him, right? So yeah, uh, it's if you're looking for that offensive dynamic top six player, this is actually the wrong team to be coming to to try and. This try is and not play. the Edmonton of 2013 <laughs> yeah. anymore, right? Yeah. Like you're, we're in that championship window where if you're not producing 30 goals and 80 points, basically, you're not cutting the top six. Yeah. Well. Yeah, <laughs> thirty goals and eighty points in an ideal scenario. But yeah, no, but I hear you were saying. I hear you. You know what I mean? Like we're not we're not scraping for first overall picks anymore. We're trying to be the first team in the NHL. Yeah, I, I don't know if Evander Kane keeps cutting to the net the way he did. Uh, I don't think the thirty goal plateau for him is going to be too hard to reach. No, and and no. Connor Brown, I mean that guy, he might be there too. McDavid's going to be there. Leon's going to be there. Um, Hyman's probably going to be in that 30 goal wheelhouse and Nuge, who knows? Um, so Hyman again, he, he is who he is. Like he works his ass off every, every time, even, even today in the scrimmage, he was one of the hardest working guys out there and he's basically on, he's on the team already. He's still showing the guys yeah. what a work ethic is. Yeah. One thing I did uh, notice from him today, and again, try not to read into too much one scrimmage, but, uh, his hands kind of failed him a bit today. He had a couple opportunities there to, to fire a puck or even dish it off and they seem to be bobbling it a bit. But uh, he is who he is. Like he's he's gonna score. He's, he'll be pushing the thirty goal mark again this year. Yeah, I think so. It's it's kind of wild that there's maybe three hundred, if that, people in the building there, and McDavid gets the puck like you were saying 
and you see him circle around and start to wheel, and you can just kind of feel everyone's collective breasts just hold Everyone, for a second. The whole fuzz. It just yeah. like, and a shinny. And, and I'm as guilty as anybody else. Like as soon as oh, he picked yeah. up the puck, I got I'm holding my breath and like here we go. And yeah. just, we cannot take for granted that we are living in the Connor McDavid era. We get to watch this guy. Yeah. Like, no, it is. He t- he turns a shinny into an event. Yeah. 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 He he's on a different level than everybody else. I, you know, you, you watch that goal um, from last night, the guy from uh, the Coyotes. Logan Cooley, yeah. yeah. and I don't know Hell what a- I don't know what Adrian Kempe was doing. That was some <laughs> some world class flybys, but uh, you know, so that happens in in that preseason game. But we're we're watching Connor, and I mean, when he did that little curl route and and wound up ice, I'm just like goosebumps right now. Even even just thinking about it, I mean. And this and this is just a preseason inner squad scrimmage game, <laughs> but it, it did have that same feel, uh, like like when he d- did the regroup against the Rangers. All, this was a little further back. This was about yeah. the red line when when he did it. But man, it, it's he just had, he actually had more momentum today. Like like he basically did the one against the Rangers from a standstill almost, and then and then went we defended it. it better today in an inner squad <laughs> game too. <laughs> and, and I think Connor was actually looking to just kind of get open and, and feed Kane and, and, and Brown to kind of get them going. Didn't look like he was all that interested in his own offense today, but. Um, well, it looks to me like, I think the the plan here is like, what do you really wants uh, Leon and Connor to, to drive their own lines as much as possible and then hook them up for the, obviously the power yeah. play, right? So if Connor Brown keeps doing what he was doing today, especially with like speed wise, he was up with both those guys for every, for every rush. Uh, if he can carry that low, then then we're fine because that Leon uh, Nuge Hyman line looked really good. Like they, out of all the lines, actually, I think they probably had the best chemistry out of the line today. And I I want to dispel the idea of this one three one being a a regular staple to the Oilers. Um, defensive structure because i didn't see that happening today out there i i personally believe and and i heard rob brown say the same thing on the got your back podcast the day after or sorry shortly after they they first implemented that um that they're going to use that as a way to kind of put the clamps down when they have a lead kind of late in third periods it's not going to be their regular go-to uh defensive structure and uh from what I saw today, I think he's on par, and I'm going to agree with that because it, it it looked like normal Oilers hockey. It didn't look like we were sitting back and playing the trap against these, ourselves. So I think there will be more focus on the defensive side of the game. Like you hear yeah, every guy, sure. every guy they've interviewed so far during camp. It's been what two days, three days. Uh, not not a not a player uh, doesn't mention the word defense during their during their interview. So it's definitely being uh, stressed. I'm sure Woody brings it up a lot, and you know, in their team meetings, um, I, th- I think uh, that'll be the focus. And having said that, so like everybody's talking about uh, Connor McDavid's numbers. What kind of numbers is he going to get? Is he going to you know, you know, from 180? Is he going to for 65, 70 goals? I actually do think that Connor's numbers might go down a bit, closer to the 50 goal mark and the 130, 140 point mark. Um, I think his defensive game is going to be that much stronger. He'll still win the Art Ross. Like uh, I'm strong believer he'll still win the Art Ross, but I do I do expect uh, a more defensive-minded game from him. Defensive-minded, he'll still score 50 goals, 130 points. But to call a guy like that defensive-minded, I just think we'll see that that bit of a pressure in on defense. Yeah. Like there's and especially with Connor and Leon, they don't need to work on offense. They're the two best <laughs> yeah. point getters in the NHL. 
So the only thing I'd imagine they really put their emphasis on this summer was defense and shoring up a defensive game, shoring up behind your, your 200 foot game. I, uh, I'm going to disagree with you too. I'm going to say he is going to take a, I don't know if it was 1986 or 1987, Michael Jordan approach to this season. And uh, I knew there had to be a Jordan. Or a yeah, there's that that year. It was early in Michael Jordan's career. Anyways, I'm not exactly sure the year, but he won the scoring title and he also won defensive player of the year. <laughs> I think we're going to see Connor McDavid go full Pavel Datsuk and, and be this stalwart offensive player that he already is and, and work, you know, twice as hard to back check pick the puck off of people and go the other way. I, I, I think that's what we're going to see. I think there's there's going to be this thirst to get it done on both ends of the ice at mock chicken. If, if Woody can scale back his minutes a little bit so he can he can play about 20 and, and be fresh the whole time, I, I, I think the sky's the limit for what this guy could do. I think it's possible for Connor McDavid to win a you know an Art Ross and, um, and a Hart and a Selkie. I think he can run the frickin' table and win everything except for the Vesna. <laughs> Don't count him out for the Vesna either, I guess. Uh, it might be easier for I, guys I, to win the Selkie now that Bergeron's retired. I, yeah, <laughs> yeah. It opens opens the door a little bit. I, I think uh, the Norse is probably uh, one he won't win, and the Clancy. <laughs> but no, I I don't see him really like relenting from the way he plays the game offensively. I just think he's going to, well, he'll still be the most offensive force out there. Yeah. That is his, yep. that is his yep. number one. Yep. That's a given, right? And I think his numbers are, are going to go up from last wow, year. Hey? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm not going to complain if it does. Don't get me wrong. I'm You're just punching that over for the yeah, points um, over I'm, 150. I'm taking the over. I think he's unlocked uh, even another gear from what he's, what he's brought before. I, which, you know what? He is capable of doing that for sure. But how, like, Look what we're talking now. Oh, uh, it's crazy. He's the most uh, gifted player that we've seen in the modern era here. And he's getting and now, better. And now, we're, and now we think that we can take a, yeah, another step. We're talking about him taking another step. Yeah. Whereas before, we, when he's, we, don't, we didn't see a player be able to reach this step here in, in, in the nope. 2000s. And, and he's getting better. It, he's evolving as a player. It, it is unreal. It, it, yeah. It's fantastic to watch. And uh, kids, you know, get your kids to go and watch this guy <laughs> because yeah. it's not going to be here forever. That's the sad part of it all. But enjoy it now because he is one fantastic player to, to watch play. And he's not alone. You know, Leon Dreisaitl is a, an amazing talent. Um, it, it, I look at Leon and I think he's the the, the most amazing um, passer on the backhand that I've ever seen. And that, that goes back to Gretz. I mean... Um, I don't think there's anybody that can send like a 75 foot, um, saucer backhand pass right on the tape to spring somebody for breakaways like, like Leon. He's just in a league of his own. Um, when it comes to passing the puck, you know, developed his own office from the impossible angle on that (laughs) right side, almost, almost on the goal line, like feet behind it. Yeah. And you'd think that, you know, the goalie would have him at his mercy, but it's the other way around. He fixes the net just so he can score in it again. And yep. I think that was Winnipeg. <laughs> yeah, like. yeah, yeah. Yep. And it, it becomes like a quiet area for him, and he almost gets forgotten about because the angle is so severe. You can't, you can't score from there. Oh, watch me. Yeah. And he's, and he's just become, you know, a sniper, an absolute sniper from that spot on a one-timer. I think Edmonton can do 
some damage this year. I think we're top three, if not one of the like president's trophy team. And and if Edmonton can scale back McDavid's and Drysaddle's minutes, like you say, to closer to 20 minutes a game and roll four lines more effectively and keep McDavid's energy kind of full bar every time he gets on the ice, it's, yeah, there's, I don't think there's a ceiling to what he could do. I think our, our bottom six has to uh, establish that to be an option. Like we, we, yeah. we definitely need our bottom six to be able to do that. And, you know, if Holloway takes a step up that we want him to be that, you know, if McLeod plays the way, uh, you know, he's, he's still got some, a lot of upside to his game. I, we have yet to see any, uh, the high potential of McLeod yet neither. Um, was, was that, was Adam Ernie out there today? Mm-hmm. He was. Eh? I didn't know him. That was unfortunate. I was looking because I think he's a guy who could be a key element too for banging bodies around and such. And maybe that's why I didn't really know him much today because there was much body banging going on. That's kind of his style of the game. But if those guys can, you know, pitch in where we need them to be, uh, you know, tire the other team out and bang some bodies around, and to give uh, you know Leon and Connor a bit of a bit of a rest, then then we should be in good shape. One thing I, I noticed, and Ken Holland's presser. Uh, when he had when he had his uh, meet with the media, he called Connor McDavid the most driven player he's ever been around. And Ken Holland's been in been the league a long Red time. Wings, yeah, you're talking those about Red Wings teams, and you're talking about guys like Eiserman and Lidstrom that he's been a part of. Like and he told, he said Connor McDavid's the most driven player he's ever been around. So that's that's a pretty uh, pretty good thing to put on your resume, I think. Yeah, I mean, Chris Chelios would have been under Holland. Yeah. Um, Mike, Mada- Mike Madano. There's yeah, some. There's yeah. some pretty good players that uh, Ken Holland's watched play over the years. That's that's pretty high praise. You know, Jack Michael said that uh, um, to coin a basketball term, uh, load management. But that he he isn't talking about benching players on this team, but scaling back their minutes so that you know come. Um, March, the end of March, the beginning of April, when playoffs start, that that you've got people that are that are more fresh and, and not kind of worn out by the regular season. So, I was thinking today, I'm sitting there and they're implementing a little bit of a one-three-one uh, defensive structure in practice, and I I kind of think the the idea now is for this team to finally start games on time, <laughs> go out there and be like sharks to uh, seals, you know, and and take games right off the bat go for the jugular and, uh, you know, then midway through the third period, lock it down and, and walk games home. So you can reserve, you know, the, the minutes of, of McDavid and, and Leon and, and Nurse and Ekholm and, you know, Nuge and, and all the guys that you need come come April to be fresh and, you know, Hyman Kane. Let's face it, I think injuries kind of caught up to us a little bit in the playoffs mm-hmm. last year and, and – took a little bit of a toll I think I think what you know for us to be kind of equivalent to last year or even better I think our uh, deeper in our lineup we need to find somebody that's gonna step in and fill what Bukestad did and what Costin did yeah. those are the two things that you know we have to at least equal their output for us to kind of be the same, if not better. I think a full season at Ekholm is going to make a huge oh, difference cool. on, on the decor. But full season at Kane is going to make a difference. Yeah. And I think, I think you know, that tap-in goal today, uh, you don't want to read tons into it, but the hands are the hands seem to be there. You know, even when they were doing kind of their, their drills before they even got into the game, Kane was kind of t- 
top of the circles or maybe even a little bit beyond that and let a wrister go and it had a lot of snap on it. I was I was like, okay, yeah, he can he can shoot the puck again. I was I was huge when we got Kane because he's got some sandpaper. He's mm-hmm. got he's a hell of a shooter. He's he's a dynamic hockey player and he was kind of exactly what we needed at that moment because we didn't have a winger that could play with McDavid on that top line or even dry other than Nuge, right? So He's another weapon for sure. Mm-hmm. Another weapon that balances us out of the top six, like you were saying, like we, we the options were limited. Who McDavid couldn't play with it be like Nuger, uh, Drysaddle. Yeah, you know Hyman tried and and had his moments, but Kane's the guy who just they just seem to be able to to feed off each other well. And if Connor Brown can find what he was doing, be consistent to what he was doing today, then that's a that's a great good. line. I'll, like I'll be honest, uh, for me, Connor Brown is, is a question mark for me. I've, I've mentioned it before. Uh, it's a pretty serious injury to come back from. And uh, although leading up to that injury, the last two years he's dealt some injury problems. Obviously last year was a huge major one. But before then he had four years where he didn't miss a game. So he does have the durability element to his game. But what did these two, especially last year, like what's his endurance level for for, uh, for that leg? Especially and, yeah. playing with somebody like McDavid. Yeah, because he's going to get, you know, if he stays on that top six, he's going to get 16, 17 minutes a game uh, in high-pressure situations, and he's got to keep that speed up. I'm, I, I'm, I'm cautiously optimistic. I, I, like, I was very pleased to see what Conor McDavid did. I hear everybody talking about he's going to be uh, pushing 20, 30 goals this year, and if that happens, fantastic. But I'm not going to lie. There's a, there's a nag in the back of my head going, it's a big what if. Uh, well, didn't we get him for a pretty, pretty good minimum. premium? Yeah, so that, like, to me... There's a lot of upside versus you only paid league minimum. So if it, doesn't, if it doesn't pan out, then it's you can't really. A hundred percent. We much. didn't take a big risk. No, by signing him, no, uh, it's not a huge investment. Uh, so we get what we get with him, and the the upside potential is huge. Obviously, uh, so I guess that's something I'll just we'll see about. There's a heavy lean and uh, bonus structure, I think, attached to that whole oh, contract. Oh no, without but, a doubt, without a doubt, there would be. Yeah. Um, Thanks to the Oilers after dark guys for uh, tuning in. Um, much appreciated uh, once again for what you guys were doing there with um, the preseason uh, young stars, you know, kind of doing the rebroadcast of the broadcast and having yourself on the side there, like Peyton Manning and Eli uh, do the NFL games and Sportsnet. Give me a call. I'm, I'm all over doing that for regular season games. That would be cool. But uh you need the rights to be able to do that. And uh, my little uh, pocketbook couldn't handle the lawsuit that would come my way if I tried to go around the corner to do that. But um, So tomorrow, Jets in town. Jets probably dressing an AHL club, and we're yeah. probably dressing a somewhat NHL slash AHL club, like a, a mix. Um, Going to be at the game with uh, Noah there. Um, thanks, John, on Twitter for uh, the seats. At a discount, much appreciated. Um, yeah, hanging out with Latu, uh, you know, watching these guys, and he's he's composing a thread while we're <laughs> while we're there watching, and um, you know everything that he said. If you want to look on his Twitter, I, I kind of agree with. And the only thing I added to what he said is I thought Nurse was a standout, head and shoulders above any other defenseman there. Um, and, and Bush was was good too. Um, you know them as a pairing. There was no glaring mistakes by either one. Um, you know, uh, 
the only defenseman to me that I thought uh, struggled at times was was Broberg. But um, I was quite impressed by DRNA too. He he, he did a decent uh, skate out there. DRNA uh, actually he had the one shift that he looked really lost and flat footed, and then after that it seemed he seemed to gather his senses and and was fine. Another guy who I thought was very uh, dependable wise never didn't stand out stand out much, but did just kept it simple was that, Kulak. I was, uh, that, that's kind of what you want with those yeah. defensemen is. If you don't notice them, it's a good thing because yeah. they didn't make any big K- mistakes. Kulak broke up a bunch of plays. I thought because play and did a good job actually keeping the puck in the opposing team's blue line at the blue line there, knocked it down a few times to keep the, keep the play going. I, th- I thought Vinny actually um, looked a little faster today. Yeah. Uh, his his foot speed looked a little better than the last time I saw him play. Yeah, I wouldn't mind them uh, dressing Jack Campbell for half the game tomorrow just to get him some reps and get him. Oh, he'll get a share ice time this preseason. How many preseason games do they have this year? A lot. Yeah. Eight or something like yeah, that, I think. Eight, yeah. That's yeah. Cool. yeah, so we're we're getting closer to when it starts to matter. Um, I think we're still a couple weeks out, but yeah. Um, yeah, I'll, uh, I've always been a fan of Rodrigue, uh, Olivia Rodrigue. Uh, I, I think maybe his uh, development has, has stalled a bit to where we were hoping he'd be. I mean, he's, he's a solid AHL goaltender. I'd like to see him get a couple of licks up in AHL eventually down the line. Um, but uh, I kind of like our I kind of like our depth there. Pickard's a good a veteran, too, that they have there for Bakersfield. Mm-hmm. It, sounds, it seems like those two, Rodriguez and uh, Pick, uh, Pickard, have a good relationship going. Very similar to what uh, Skinner and Campbell have going on in uh, uh, up in the big show. Um, we've mentioned, we've talked mentioned this quite a few times before, but we all kind of expect Jack Hamill to have a bounce back here. I do think those guys will have a 1A, 1B situation going uh, very, very, uh, you know, like they have a 50-50 thing uh, for starts. Ride a guy when he's hot for a bit, and the other guy will take a work for that, that kind of thing. And if that's the case, then uh, goaltending is going to be one of the last things we're going we're to have to worry about this year. Which is amazing. Which... Compared to like, years prior, it's it's good to not have to worry about those guys in the back end. I think we were, I think we did, a, we had our moments there. Like obviously, the the and Smith era wasn't greatest, but Smith was battling injuries. But when he came in, there's sometimes where he flashed the Mike Smith of old, and then it's like yeah. kind of like that's what we needed. Costin, I think he got shit on more than he deserved, but he definitely wasn't a number one goalie. No, for sure. Yeah, but before then, like Talbot, uh, before he started. Uh, you know, his game kind of depleted there towards the end, but he came in into the gate red hot. Uh, you know, we had Roley there. Tommy Sal is probably the last uh, dependable goalie that we've had in there for like a four-year stint, something that we could count on year after year after year. So. You know, you know that that name kind of gets uh, forgotten about um, by a lot of people. Tommy Sal was a really good goalie for oh, yeah. for a while. You know, he had a good good run as a, as an Oiler for his whole um, Oiler run. He was he was fine. Like he is the last goalie we've had that we we could depend on. Year after year after year for like a four-year stint. It was the tail end of his tenure in Edmonton where where he kind of got beat, I think, by the shot from the red line, and and in then the Olympics, and then it kind of started to fall fall for him. But I, I like Tommy Salo, man. I, I guess he you could say his demeanor was similar to Cam Talbot's, a, a pretty calm, cool customer, and and you know, um, well, or, know. Or, or, or or like UC Markin, and almost like I didn't see. Tommy Sowell getting mad very often. He he was a pretty calm guy. Yeah, well, we, 
but he's also probably not a guy who would have squared off against Mike Smith though in a center ice. So Talbot had that side. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I something happens when you wear the that jersey. I, <laughs> <laughs> they only live three hours away, but you see that sweater. I, just... I love that Talbot accepted that fight. Yeah, uh, that yeah. is ballsy and gutsy and. Cam knew that it wasn't going to go very well, and 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 still took that fight anyway. Um, and I don't, I wouldn't say Mike Smith kicked his ass. Like, uh, it just you know he got the win, but he got the win, yeah. um, I don't think he really landed anything hard. <laughs> he just kind of got the takedown. Um, but credit to Cam for taking that because uh, Mike Smith's a different animal. I, I I wouldn't take that if I was in uh, attendee. No. No, or I, or I wouldn't have took the fight like Cam did. I probably would have did the jersey pull and, and try to just <laughs> hold him off. Uh, going back to that, especially, and you mentioned too, Noah, about Evander Kane's uh, uh, sandpaper. Like, are, are you guys surprised at all that we haven't seen Evander Kane fight yet, though? Like, he's got that sandpaper, though, like, but he hasn't had a fight yet. I think he just is more of almost a Kachuk in the sense where he just gets under people's skin and irrigates him. And he, I don't, I don't see why he wouldn't tussle like Nuge tussled. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. Nuge had more fights. Has, has Kane take a foot, taken a fight since that wrist injury? I, I thought he did. Yeah. I thought he did have one. No, I think he's had some, like some scuffles. Some... Maybe a scuffle, but I don't think an actual drop no. of the mitts. We, so. we need, we need Dan uh, from Oilers nation and, and uh hockey fights, um, dot com or whatever. Um, to, to correct us, I, I I thought Kane had one since that wrist uh, injury, but maybe maybe I don't I'm think wrong. He had one since before, like before the wrist injury. I don't either. know if he has one in the as the orange and blue sweater. Yeah, I don't think so. Yeah, I I don't know. But that's it, not saying it, it, it is nice to have him in the lineup because he can do that, and so can Nurse. But it wouldn't it wouldn't hurt my feelings if we had somebody else that was yeah. pretty effective at that that wasn't a marquee player. Like a Ryan Reeves, or I don't know. Guy. I don't know about that, but you know, somebody that can can do the like Costin. I mean, Cost yeah. Costin could could chuck him if he needed, and he could also put the puck in the net and be a physical presence. I I think that's the new kind of tough guy that that you look for. I, I don't know if it's Ryan, and Reeves that might anymore. be what Adam Ernie's going to bring to to the table. So uh, you know, Ken Holland made it pretty obvious we basically said so in his presser that he brought adam ernie in to fill the void that came that we lost with clean cost and leaving right so then uh you mentioned uh, bukestad before like yeah. uh, i thought bukestad was extremely effective as time yeah. in the water there was yeah. unsung hero guys who did you know everything yeah. let's call him in march and get him back yeah <laughs> i know right uh so i don't think we've actually totally addressed uh that void like yeah. we have other guys that they're going to step up and probably play a different role in the in bukestad's spot but they're not going to have what Bukes did. Especially, yeah. like, in the playoffs, I remember I, I I wouldn't be able to watch, mm-hmm. so I'd just be listening to the games, and I remember always hearing Bukes stats, you know, in for the defensive draw, mm-hmm. and it was – I was a peace of mind because I knew he yeah. was – you could count on him. Like you said, an unsung hero. Like, Well, he won a lot of puck battles. He had that long reach. Uh, he broke up a lot of plays in the neutral zone, too. You know, all that kind of small stuff that the coaches, uh, you know, feed off of and the, and the team feeds off yeah. of. Yeah. Capable of winning a big draw. Yeah. Pretty dependable. Absolutely. But you brought up another point there too. Like, uh, so now we get to see about what we have here for the next, you know, few months. And then, uh, then, you, then you can start, uh, maybe you go after a guy like you said again there for at the trade deadline, but then you'll be able to start putting, filling in the pieces that we feel we need to take that next step. Once you know what, once you know what you have. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. 
And if I'm Ken Holland, I wouldn't be afraid to trade away futures for the now because the window is now. Well, he's made that clear too. He said he said that too. Like he's he's not afraid of, of uh, trading away some of that stuff because we we are in that window now where to, like, we need to win. To me, this is the season. We it's, got we got go. All our core guys are in their prime. Like like it's push hard now. Yeah, you know, if you had to trade away a Holloway or a Proberg prospects or even picks for. Someone that's good now that can give you quality minutes, do it. Like that's why the Ekholm trade was such a good trade for us because we didn't we didn't need a Barry anymore. We have Bouchard. We don't. We have the best and offense I like in Barry. the league. I like Barry a lot. I, I liked Barry too, but we didn't need a Barry anymore. We needed a strong stay at home defenseman who can break out yeah. the puck and move the puck out. And we got better. Uh, when Ekholm showed up and and Barry was gone and and Barry brought a lot. Like it's tough. Like on paper, you look at. Trading Barry, who is basically, uh, you know, our, our head point guy on the number one power play in the history he, of the sport. He, he was our quarterback <laughs> on that power play, yeah. yeah. Well, I, I, uh, it's amazing when you put it in that context that you, you can trade away this inter, you know, this very important piece of the of the most, you know, most dynamic, most effective, Special le- lethal power sports. play in, all, in the history of the NHL. And you can replace him with a younger guy and actually make that power play better. We were we, we all thought there might be a bit of a dip. There was no dip. It got it got better. It's it's crazy. We were and to best. think it could could even be more more <laughs> effective this season. Yeah, we were the best team down the stretch after getting at home. Yeah, yeah, and and but and, I I uh, I stay away from calling uh, Bouchard the uh, the quarterback of the power play or even when Barry was at the quarterback of the power play just because they are in that position. There's no doubt about it that it, that Connor McDavid is the quarterback of that power. No matter where you put him, the power play goes through Connor McDavid. Yeah, and I don't think you can discount Ryan Nugent Hopkins as a part of that too. That, he touches the puck every time, like like. Everyone on that unit's yeah. vital it, to that unit's success, and the and the movement between Leon and Connor and and, and that it, I mean, you've heard it talked about. Teams have tried everything to defend this power play, and nobody can solve the riddle because I don't think it's solvable. There, it's 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 a force to be reckoned with, and I hope it continues. And the thing that that I have trouble with is how come our penalty kill sucks when they have to defend <sighs> against that power play. <laughs> you think they'd start to figure out some tricks to being better penalty killers, but that is the uh, one of the big red flags of, of the team right now is our, our penalty kill. Like we uh, something needs to be done there, and maybe that's where you know some of these uh, a guy like Ernie maybe who's, who 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 started playing the penalty kill the last couple of years in Detroit, what have you. So and was fairly effective, but like you don't want your guy your your top six guys up there the whole time. It's nice to have that element though. It's nice to have Connor or Leon. Uh, do some penalty kill time because you have that threat of, of reversing it and running on the ice and scoring a shorty. But uh, again, if we're talking about, uh, you know, quote unquote load management, we can't have these guys yeah. crunching crunch up massive PK numbers as well. Well, I liked a few times last year where um, Bukestad was on the penalty kill with someone like Leon. Bukestad was very say. effective out back there. Yeah. And Ryan McLeod found his, his, yeah. his own as a PK guy too. So, just yeah, spreading man. those minutes throughout the lineup to give everyone more energy when it's their time to go. Well, I think we've uh, beat that scrimmage and uh, <laughs> and read into a lot of things and read into a lot of things. Um, but 
it's it's fun to kind of do these when I'm kind of in the city with you in person, Bob, and um, try to get Chad, but I'm not sure what he was doing today. Uh, so we had the, Noah filled in quite admirably. We had Mr. Noah here, uh, you know, sit in. Um, thanks everybody for watching. We'll uh, try to get this out on uh, all the audio networks tomorrow, and uh, be back. Uh, Thursday night and then I think after that we're going to switch to Monday Night Monday Raw, night raw. <laughs> yeah. um, but thanks for watching uh, log on to heavyhockey.com uh, and, and check out articles Lutzi's probably going to have three more before the weekend's done <laughs> the guy's a machine um, I'm probably going to do a write up next week uh, kind of about the, the preseason here and what I've been seeing and um the boys, uh, Oilers Live, uh, Michael and Dash will be back on Edmonton Sports Talk um, Tuesday night, 9 o'clock, and the Fantasy Hockey Hacks Wednesday night at 9 on EST. Um, thanks, everybody. We will talk to you later. Keep your sticks on the ice. Keep reaching for the stars. And go, Oilers, go. Good night from us here in my dad's living room. <laughs>